0: Welcome to the Healthy Family Project by Produce for Kids, covering the hot topics in the world of health, food, and family with a dose of fun. Hi, everyone. Today is the first episode in season two of the Healthy Family Project. I can't believe it. Thank you to everyone listening today. I promise we will continue to grow this project into 2019 and beyond. So today is going to be a really fun episode We have someone from our Produce for Kids team here with us, Grace Vilches. So Grace joined our Produce for Kids team almost three years ago. And besides being a rock star creating so much of our great content, she brought to light something that helped ease my fears when it came to my picky eater. Grace is a former picky eater, uh, or a former picky eating child, I should say, and has grown into someone who will give just about any fruit or veggie a try. Thinking about guests for the podcast, I knew Grace had to be on the list for this picky eater episode. I knew if she could help ease my fears about having a picky eater and what's what the future holds for her, uh, she might provide some great therapy for some others out there. So hi, Grace. Actually, we are in the midst of a recipe shoot. I know a lot of you um, take a peek at our recipes on produceforkids.com. So today we are in full recipe shoot swing but decided to sit down. So we are here in person, the two of us, just chatting it up. Um, So Grace is usually behind the scenes on the Healthy Family Project getting these episodes out the door. Um, But I'm really excited to have her here today to talk about her journey as a picky eater.
1: Hi, Amanda. So excited to be here. It's cool to be on this side of the mic for once. Um, (laughs) Different perspective. But, you know, this is a topic I'm really passionate about. Um, Healthy eating is something, especially in the last like since like high school and college that I really became aware of and in tune with and just totally different than my eating habits from when I was a kid, so I'm really excited to provide some insight. I'm not a parent, but I hope that I could kind of give some people hope. <laughs> there is hope, and just, you know, like you said, ease the fears. Anything is possible, and people over time can definitely change and, you know, be willing
0: to try new things with a little guidance on the way. Well, that makes me feel a lot better, and I know hearing Grace's stories of of childhood and how she, you know, has been on this journey over the years and now is eating lots of things I feel much more at ease so question one talk to us a little bit about your eating habits as a child what were your favorite things to munch on
1: so, like I said, definitely a picky eater. Um, I feel like I feel like overall, like, society has just gotten so much more into healthy eating. Like, I don't remember cauliflower rice being a thing when I was a kid, you know. So, yeah. I definitely had my bags of chips, candy, you know. Fruit was never a problem. I always really liked fruit. I remember my grandma would just, like, bring us bowls of, like, um, sliced up cantaloupe and strawberries. And, you know, being sweet, I feel like, for a lot of kids, that's always the easy part. It was always the veggies that were you know, the harder part. And growing up in, like, a Cuban household, um, a lot of the meals were, like, some sort of meat with rice, plantain. So the veggies, most of the time the veggies that were presented to me were, like, my mom making a big salad with just, like, olive oil and vinegar, which I was never really a big fan of. Um, lots of tomatoes, which to this day, it's... My fiancé always makes fun of me because I'm still a picky eater about tomatoes. Like, I don't like them <laughs> sliced, but I like them in bruschetta or pico. But... Um, yeah, as a kid, I remember even from an early age, though, taking an interest in like making food, I would always make myself sandwiches after school. Um, oh my gosh, I was such a picky eater that I started with hamburgers, a plain hamburger. It was bread, meat patty, (laughs) bread, and moving to the cheeseburger. That was a, that was a big, you know, moment in my life. Um, so yeah, I would say kind of those like little kid, not so great eating habits, but you know, even, um, going back to like Cuban food, my mom would always make black beans and they, they couldn't be from a can. They had to be like pressure cooked and all day affair to make these black beans. And I liked the, the juice or the sauce you could say, but I didn't like the beans themselves. And I guess being an only <laughs> child, they gave into these like Very annoying, you know, picky eating habits of mine. And my grandma would literally get a sieve and just make sure I just got the sauce. So that was my exposure to black beans. But you know what? Nowadays, I love black beans, garbanzos. That was another thing. We had a lot lot of lentils. My grandma would make a lot of soups. I think my biggest exposure to veggies was probably her blending them up in soups. And that, as long as I had some crackers and a little
0: lemon, I was okay with. Well, that's interesting. Oh, and to say that about the tomatoes, how you liked them sliced, but not like, you know, quartered or whatever. And I think sometimes I know it's a little a bit of an extra step for parents, but when you have something, it is true. Cause I know that my kids are the same way and my oldest, who's not a picky eater, but she is about tomatoes, but she does not like, like the grape or cherry tomatoes. She only likes sliced like for a sandwich. Right. So it's really interesting. Um. All right. So do you remember what was going through your mind when making decisions on food choices? So I guess this would be, you know, you're kind of maybe moving into the tween teenage years. So you're kind of making these food decisions on your own. Um, I know you mentioned to me several memories about being with friends and refusing to eat certain foods based on texture, which my youngest, I tell her all the time when she's going to a friend's house because she's doing that now. Like, please, you have to eat what they are eating. I don't want you there refusing their food.
1: Oh my god, yes. I had this one friend who like her mom was always so proud of her because she wasn't a picky eater and she'd be willing to eat anything and then you would have me in comparison there like <laughs> kind of scoffing at different foods. Um I have a couple of little memories to share with you. One I specifically remember being in the car and we had gotten like Boston Market or something just a little side of mashed potatoes and ha- because they had some lumps in them my dramatic like 7-year-old self was like, "I'm going to throw up." Like and really nowadays that doesn't bother me at all or even Even, you know, my mom, another Cuban dish, um, we'd eat a lot of picadillo. And so that has like olives, tomatoes, peppers, um, onion in it. And I remember like my little Barbie bowl, I would sit there and pick out every single little veggie and like put it on the rim and just eat the meat, you know. Oh, um, that's so annoying. (laughs) And so of course I'd be sitting there for like 45 minutes just trying to finish my meal. Um, But as far as, you know, making decisions, yeah, texture was definitely a big thing even like I remember when my mom would make um kind of like steamed veggies because they were mushy you know I didn't end up liking them oh they were too soft they literally looked like watery and soppy even smells I my mom was a big fan of beets which I know you are too and so nowadays I'm cool with beets but back in the day the smell of beets I was like oh that's awful (laughs) so you know it's those things like the smells, the textures, that's what put me off so much as a kid. And now it's really not a problem, you know. Um, I really think it's about, like, multiple exposures. Because even with something like onions and peppers, yeah, that was something that in the beginning I would be taking out. And then eventually, okay, I could try them. And now I, I ended up, even at an early-ish age in my, like, pre, or, you know, maybe 10, 11, that's when I started to like them. Like, okay, that's on my approval list. So, mm-hmm. you know, it just... It didn't happen from day one, but eventually I got there.
0: Yeah, and I think the exposure is, you know, like I said, maybe some extra work, but put those things on the plate, you know. Continue to reintroduce those to your kids. Make sure that they're seeing them, they're seeing you eat them, and I think over time just being exposed to that way of eating and those fruits and veggies that, you know, that will come around, so...
1: It's funny that you, you know, one last thing about that. It's funny you mentioned texture because up until, you know, 26 years of age is when I finally got around to liking mushrooms. You know, even that little habit, like, stayed with me because of the texture. I remember my mom cooking with them, and again, them looking kind of slimy and soft and me not being a fan. And then just, you know, nowadays, I'm especially being in this, like, industry and food and everything, we're always watching um, food videos, recipe videos, blogs. And I'm like, man, there's so many like really good looking recipes with mushrooms. And at 26 is when I finally just like picked up, you know, after grocery shopping on my own for years my first time picking up mushrooms and now I love them and I eat them all the time. So there's hope people. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, that's, that's really hopeful. I think for all of us out there, Um, you know, who are concerned with our picky eaters, my older one, which maybe she is a picky eater. I don't feel like she is, but another thing she's, she is mushrooms. Mushrooms are not, I can blend them into something, but same thing when we have a pasta that has mushrooms, she will be picking those mushrooms out of there. So. All right. Well, we're going to do something new today. We're going to start this in the new year and kind of wanted to introduce it today. Um, We work with so many amazing um, brands out there that have healthy items that you can find in your grocery store or online. So we wanted to start in every episode just taking a couple minutes to talk about uh, one of our partners and something new that they have that you guys can go out and purchase. Um, And this short segment will be called Healthy Bites. So look for this, I guess moving into the new year, we'll be featuring a new healthy item with every episode. So today we are snacking on Seton Farms Pistachio Chewy Bites. So um, they have a couple different um, varieties of these chewy bites, but today ours have pistachios and plums with date nectar and a touch of lemon. So these are gluten-free and dairy-free. Um, non-gmo of course and then an excellent source of dietary fiber five grams of protein per serving so we're looking at this fun six-pack that you can buy so they're just pre-packaged easy to throw in your work bag on the go in the lunch box so let's see we're gonna take a, a bite of this they're chewy so we might have to pause for a minute
1: <laughs> that's a good combo of um Salty and sweet. It is. I love that. Oh,
0: really good. All right. Yeah. This and filling, too. I feel like I could eat this in those moments where you're like, ah, oh, I'm so hungry, but I have to go into this doctor's appointment. Well, and sp- <laughs> speaking of picky eating, I feel like I don't eat plums
1: often, but this is good. I like this. Yeah, those. it's
0: not too overwhelming. I feel like it's just the right the right um, combination. So, so again, it's set in farms and we're snacking on their pistachio chewy bites you can look for their combinations um, over on their website and in the show notes we'll link up to them Um, they have been an amazing supporter of produce for kids and we just wanted to share their awesome and tasty product with you and we will link up in the show notes to their website and then also um where you can find where you, where you can pick them up in your grocery store, but then we'll also link to Amazon because they are also sold on Amazon. So you can get those there. All right. Our first healthy bite segment. Awesome. All right. So let's, let's move on here. Um, so Grace spends a lot of time with my daughter because my kids are, you know, involved with all that we do at Produce for Kids and the recipe shoots and videos. And, you know, I think we were spoiled a little bit with my older daughter. She just, kind of pops in there and we'll take a, take a bite of anything we're putting in front of her. And and then the little one kind of grew into that behind the camera age. And so Grace spends a lot of time with her. <laughs> um, do you see yourself a little bit in her and what tips do you have for me to introduce new things is there a system I should be following so definitely see a a
1: little bit of myself though she's a little more sassy than I was (laughs) which I love that about her um it's crazy because I always think about this like even in you know just seeing how your family is and obviously you expose your kids to a lot of healthy food and, you know, I've been here a lot. I've, I see how you, you cook and the types of foods you make. You know, you've, you're exposing them to a lot of healthy foods. But I feel like even when you grow up in the healthiest household or, you know, in a household where you're eating the more like standard American diet, if that's what you want to call it, picky eating just seems to be common. Like, there, there's no common denominator. No matter what you're exposing your kids to, I feel like...
0: So the, it's not my fault is what you're saying. It's not your fault,
1: you know. I just feel like... It, I don't know why that is, but, you know. Someone, someone study this and send me a link. <laughs> but yeah. um, you know, I feel like don't feel guilty about it because you know, even when you are putting all this healthy food on the table, and that's all they're being exposed to, there will still be kids who you know just tend to be picky. But um, I think so. Funny enough, I learned, that I don't have kids myself, but I learned this working in this in this job and in this industry, you know, I didn't know the whole like blending foods, uh, like blending like, or let me sneak in a little bit of cauliflower in this dish. I didn't know that was kind of seen as controversial. So I wouldn't vouch to hide it if that's something you feel weird about, but I think And we have like a Pinterest board that's called like blendability and Mm -hmm. um, something that it's easy to get in there. So one example, and I do this just for myself, just to pack in extra like nutrients. Um, When I'm making meatballs, for example, I will, you know, sometimes I'll buy like the bags of a cauliflower rice or broccoli rice and I don't use the whole thing. So I'm like, if I'm making meatballs, why not throw, you know, quarter cup, third of a cup in there just to add an extra boost of nutrition, make my meatballs a little bigger, you know, it's, if you're serving something like that to your kid, it's not hidden, they can see it, you know, but it's so, there's such small pieces that when you take a bite, especially if it has a little bit of sauce and you're eating it with like, I don't know, zucchini noodles or rice or something, you wouldn't even, no one would notice that there's a little bit of cauliflower um, in their meatballs. Or, you know, another example of that, if you're making soups, I remember I never minded like the chicken noodle soup my grandma made had some carrots in it because it was just so soft and in such small pieces. So, you know, if if hiding foods or blending butternut squash into your mac and cheese, if you know you don't feel okay about that, you want your kids to know what they're eating and when they're eating it, I think finding ways to um, add those extra nutrients where it's not so noticeable. I know that um, our VP, Trish, always talks about how she'll add a whole pack of mushrooms to the taco meat. Her kids know, it's not a secret, but it's, you know, they're so, they kind of just blend in perfectly that...
0: Yeah, it's about flavor. It's it, more about the flavor.
1: Right. With that. And with things like that, they take on whatever seasoning you add to it. You know, it's going to taste like that. So I think just finding creative ways to add in those veggies. Hey, try it. It's in there. If you don't like it, okay. But at least try it. I promise you, you're barely going to notice it.
0: Yeah, and and I agree. There is a lot of controversy around, I guess. I don't know if controversy is the right word to use. But, you know, people have mixed opinions, we'll say, on the blending um but like you said whatever do what's right for you I know for me my daughter is is probably there's certain things she's probably not going to eat I know that when I put it solo on her plate and so I may still put it solo on her plate but I may also blend it into something else and she is getting those nutrients which are so important so for me in my world I'm would rather her be getting the nutrients that she needs rather than nothing at all. So that's kind of like where where I've landed in the opinion, um, for sure. But okay, so do you remember your parents getting frustrated, or <clears throat> what was their strategy in dealing with the picky eater? I I, I said this to Charlie, my youngest, like you know what, do you see how stressed I am? And she's just staring at me and I'm thinking, will she remember this someday when she's in the same position? <laughs>
1: Yes, I definitely think they would get a little frustrated and just, like you said, you want the best for your kids. You want them to be eating these nutritious foods, you know? How do I get them to do this when you've got, like, a little six-year-old at the table, arms crossed, looking angry, you know? What do you do? Um, I remember they would always try to, like, pair things that they know I might not be willing to try with some things I would try. So, I know, like, again, with my grandma when she would, sometimes when she would cut up fruit, like, hey, I know you love strawberries, so here are some carrots, you know? Like, yeah. ugh a positive reinforcement or a positive association, you know, something like that to kind of encourage it. But it is hard, you know, they would sometimes, what are you going to do? Like, I have, she has to eat. So they would sometimes just let those habits be and like, all right, well, you know, I was never a mac and cheese kid, surprisingly. Um, But yeah, sometimes I wanted like, oh, you have all this healthy food, but I'm asking for like ramen, you know, Um, but they would do the best they can to try to add, you know, like you said, with, with things like the soups, my grandma would make a lot of soups and I tended to to like them even more when they were like a little thicker. And so I feel like she would just throw anything and everything in there, you know, and it's, it's just like a warm hearty dish. Um, so definitely, you know, some frustration and whatnot, but over time, I think one thing that really helped too was kind of getting me more involved in the kitchen. You know, not that I was like cooking every day, but I remember, My dad would make like these stuffed shells and I would help out and little things like that. Not that that's like the healthiest meal, but kind of even getting involved in the cooking process just gets you more interested And little by little, you know, being a teenager and looking up recipes. Like I feel like I'm the one who like brought taco night to my house, you know, and so as you kind of get older and you're kind of interested in cooking, you want to try new foods. And if you're the super picky eater, you're limiting yourself. So eventually you're like, okay, I'll I'll give that a try and kind of see where it goes from there.
0: Yeah, and even dropping Charlie off at school this morning, I told her we were doing a recipe shoot and she said, can I stay home? And I said, no. <laughs> she said, will you guys still be in the kitchen when I get out? And it's interesting because she probably is not going to eat. She may give it a little nibble what we are making today. I should be more positive, I guess. But she was excited. Like she wants to be, you know, and she talks to some of the other kids at school, you know, about or brings home thoughts with to me about like, oh, so-and-so. I'm like, stop judging. So-and-so had this in their lunch, you know. They had a bag of Oreos and what do you think? And so... I mean, I feel confident that she recognizes, you know, a balance and in, in what to eat, you know. So ho- hopefully when she's out there on her own, it won't just be a bag of marshmallows, um, which I fear is what she would do. <laughs> I picture her just filling up her cart at the grocery store with marshmallows. I'm telling you. Um, OK, so when did you start to shift? When did you realize that broadening your horizon of food choices was the way to go and really you know, what was the first food that that's kind of pushed you out of your regular zone, out of your element? Uh, What what was that gateway food? (laughs) So I have to
1: say, I broccoli was probably my gateway veggie. Um, You know, like I mentioned earlier, peppers and onions, they're kind of in everything. Um, In a lot of like Hispanic cooking, their version of like that Trinity mix is like onion, tomato, like, crushed tomatoes peppers and garlic and that's kind of like the base for so many different meals so okay I could deal with that I like those now and you know I remember um I remember I kind of like I'm kind of like a grilled food or when something has a little bit of char on it so like going to a restaurant and getting fajitas and the peppers were a little charred I'm like oh that looks kind of good so kind of things like that it's crazy how like I could see peppers every day but something like that would make me want to try them but um but yeah I would say broccoli was that first like step into like you know that led me to try brussels sprouts and asparagus and what it was was like watching little recipe videos I love I mean to this day I love YouTube and go on YouTube every day and so I found someone in like the earlier days of YouTube that was doing cooking videos and they made roasted broccoli and I was like, oh man, that looks so good because it looks kind of crispy and it has a little like, you know, it's browned a bit and they put like some olive oil and lemon and Parmesan cheese and um, I think it was in high school that I remember asking my mom like, hey, can we pick them some broccoli and I just, you know, at that point I was old enough, you know, I could, Handle myself in the kitchen and whatnot. And I remember trying it and loving it. And that was something like my mom would make broccoli, but not in that way. And it seems so simple. We always talk about this like, oh man, roasted veggies, like everyone does that, but not everyone does, you know, not everyone is exposed to it in that way. Not to say that everyone loves roasted broccoli, but I was just used to it like steamed or just kind of like on the side. And so having it in this way and flavoring it, I mean, to this day, like my spice cabinet is overflowing, you know, and I really believe in, especially when it comes to healthy eating, you know, some things can be a little more bland on their own, you know, but if you take advantage of, um, adding some extra spices, lemon, herb, you know, that always helps. So um, definitely broccoli. And from there, I was, you know, I remember as a kid, it was always like a running joke, like, oh, Brussels sprouts are gross. Mm-hmm. And then they became cool. And Brussels sprouts are like at every like gastro pub. and, you know, cool little trendy restaurant has like skillet or, you know, cast iron skillet uh, Brussels sprouts. So that got me to, hey, let me pick up Brussels sprouts. Oh, let me try asparagus. And little by little, like, you know one thing led to another, and i I all of a sudden had this like big selection of veggies that I was into, and I think it helps too because you know kids are spending one positive side effect possibly from all this kid's spending more time on the internet like I remember watching little videos and they made spiralized zucchini, and I'm like, "Oh my God, that sounds so good! I need to try that and I ran out and i I bought a spiralizer so you know, that could be an upside to all the time yeah. spent on the internet if <laughs> if they're watching food videos, you know. But I mean it creates an interest and it's kinda like a like a domino effect. You know, I tried one thing and that got me willing to try something else and something else and now I feel like there's I'm willing to at least take a bite of everything.
0: Right. And and that is the the Brussels sprouts sorry as falling over my words. The Brussels sprouts, I too remember my grandmother every it was a holiday, like maybe Christmas, she would say, okay, try the Brussels sprouts. I said, oh my gosh, you made me try these last year. I do not like them every year. And I would take a bite and think, oh my goodness. And I was not, I would, I ate mostly everything, but there was like a handful of things that I just did not eat. And, and no offense to my family's cooking in any way, but it was just the way they were prepared. And once I was out on my own and, you know, really started my job at Produce for Kids. I started roasting them and also using them in my pasta dishes and and I realized that I really truly loved Brussels sprouts. I mean, you you have to try different ways of preparing things, I think too before you can rule you know, really roll them out. Yeah,
1: and as a whole, I just think roasting is great because it just brings out that natural, like, sweetness and then, you know, the natural sugars, they caramelize a little bit, and especially if you just, like, cook them in a little olive oil or some, like, I love balsamic vinegar, even, like, on Brussels sprouts, like, balsamic glaze, you know. I mean, not to say that maybe a six-year-old would have that, (laughs) would like that, but, you know, eventually, like you said, I think, you know, I think the biggest thing is not to force it either because, you know, I know that it's no kid you know how kids can be like no kid wants to be told like you have to eat this that makes i feel like that pushes them away even more you know i think it's like okay well at least take a bite can you please just take a bite you know all right we'll try again next time and just continue to expose them like you've said this before they'll see everyone else around them eating it and eventually like okay i'm willing to try this you know i think it's multiple exposures and also you know, pairing them with different foods in different ways, roasting it. Oh, you sauteed it in a little bit of lemon. Oh, it's like in this yummy, like, I don't know if you were making like a uh, sweet and sour chicken and the broccoli was in the sauce, you know, just different ways to try it. And eventually one will stick.
0: Yeah. And it's interesting when you said you saw the pep, like the charred pepper and thought that's something I want to try. Charlie just said to me, I was putting peanut butter in celery for Mia's lunch and she was watching and she said, it's really weird that I look at that and it looks like something I would like to eat. Like it looks good to me. And I said, oh, do you want to try a little piece? And she said, no, I've, cause she has tried it. And she said, but I've tried it and I don't like it. And so I don't know why <laughs> she's admiring it from afar. <laughs> yeah. So I thought, well, I guess that's hope that she like, is looking at it and thinking I should like that, you know. But
1: but it's very true. I feel like, again, not that a parent who's busy and working and running around is going to take the time to like create this culinary masterpiece, but certain things just look good and make you want to try them, you know. So And that, again, just goes back to presenting it in different ways. Eventually one will be like, oh, look, look that looks kind of interesting.
0: I would recommend, too, sometimes I, I let her go through, I mean, whether it's like Pinterest or... Like I'll let the girls go through the Produce for Kids website and say, "All right, pick out what looks good to you. Like, what do you want to eat? Like, let's." And I, I think it was Kieran on Kieran's episode um, where we talked about that, where you divide up the meals. Like, um, you know, where everybody picks, like, gets a day. Or actually, I think it was Holly's. But both, both those uh, Holly's episode and Kieran's both talked about um, you know, letting your kids pick a meal. So, and, and they're so visual too, you know, so letting them look at, you know, maybe you have a Pinterest board that you've created and just kind of sit down five minutes, let them look at it and say, Oh, that looks good to me. Well, then even if you don't create that recipe, you can understand like what, you know, what looks good. Like you're just shooting in the dark really when you're, you know, when you don't have a good idea of, Of what they're going to be attracted to so
1: yeah I think that's definitely a positive effect of how like social media and everything has just become like let our little inner foodies you know I'm sure I mean obviously food has always been a big deal but I feel like now with like social media Pinterest I mean you know how you can get stuck in like a rabbit hole of Pinterest just going down and the other day I was looking for like festive Christmas recipes and just like oh man everything looks so good
0: I hear you. I have definitely been down the Pinterest rabbit hole a time or two. All right, so let's wrap it up here. What about a final tip for anyone listening?
1: I think just my final biggest tip would be get them involved in the kitchen, you know, starting from an early age because it creates an interest. It exposes them to food. Even if they're not willing to try something, hey, they're preparing it, they're touching it, they're smelling it, it's in their hands. And at the end of the day, even if it doesn't immediately you know, turn them into, oh, I'm willing to try everything. At least it sets up a life skill. You know, I went to college and I knew how to cook a decent amount. I learned even more when I was at college. But no matter what, there's there's no downside to it. They're learning a valuable skill. And through it, hopefully getting exposed to new foods that they'll be willing to try.
0: Well, I love that. And I know today we are photographing and working on several new recipes to add to produceforkids.com. And when I dropped... Charlie my youngest off at school and she knew you guys were coming to do the shoot She really tried to push for a day at home, which which didn't happen, but um, She wanted to know if he'd still be here when she gets home So while I don't know that she will devour what we're making She certainly enjoys touching and feeling the ingredients putting them together and the entire process And I guess I should be more positive. She maybe will take Maybe she'll love it. Maybe it'll be our new, like, <laughs> maybe it'll be our new go-to. Today will be the day. Yes. You'll see. Yes. <laughs> um, so, okay. So, Grace, thank you for coming out from behind the scenes to talk to us today. I think we can all rest a little easier knowing that you transformed into the the eater you are today and that, that there is a light at the end of the tunnel. I know. Um, I feel you, parents out there families who have a selective eater it is definitely something that can be stressful and overwhelming to say the least Um, but don't get down there is hope we have grace here to to prove that and hopefully charlie won't have a cart full of marshmallows when she's when she leaves my house <laughs> All the marshmallows,
1: um, but yes, thank you so much for having me. It was a lot of fun, and i I really hoped I helped you know a couple parents out there either just, hey, there's hope or you know a couple tips that could get their kids trying
0: new foods that would you know that make me feel awesome. <laughs> well, I'm sure you have. Thank you, Grace, for joining us, and just um we'll link up to everything in the show notes as usual. And we'll include that link to the Seton Farms Chewy Bites. Those are definitely um, a must-have to add to your grocery list. Um, What else? What else? So episode two, two, right? Yes. With Holly. Holly Granger. She's a registered dietitian, and she talks about dealing with a picky eater. So if you want to just go back to that and re-listen or listen to that episode Um, if you missed it, that is another great resource. We do have a lot of content on our site too. Some tips and tricks that may work for your picky eater in your house. Um, don't forget, we know that the holidays are here and hopefully you are finding time to not be stressed, but enjoy the season. We do have our festive flavors e-cookbook, which you can find at produceforkids.com. It is free. You can download it and, um, take advantage of those. Fun recipes that are included in the ebook. We've actually taken on a lot of traditional recipes and really just lightened them up a little bit. Nothing too crazy where you're going to be introducing something completely new to the family. Um, so we hope that you'll take some time and download that and incorporate those recipes into your holiday festivities. Um, as usual, you can find us. We're We're all the time over there on Instagram, Pinterest, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube as well. And happy holidays from all of us at Produce for Kids to all of you. We wouldn't have the Healthy Family Project uh, without, without the project, which is all of our listeners. Be sure to subscribe. Talk soon.